0: They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. Well, let's start with your match. Good result for me and you, I would say in that one. Boy, I would have loved to see your reaction when that Rashford goal went in. I can just imagine you're going crazy at like 6 in the
1: morning. 6.13 to be exact. You know, emotions have been subdued a little bit. It's a day after. And plus, combined with the fact that your side has now gone 8 points above City. Doesn't feel great. But, you know, going back to the game, I mean... I thought we set up on the first half. I thought we were going to get fucked when Rashford went down. I think he was still feeling a little bit in the second half, right? And that's when, um, you know, the likes of Kyle Walker, De Bruyne was getting into that, their right-hand side, so our left-hand side, because Rashford wasn't just contributing at all, defensively at least. And the threat of a counterattack was heavily subdued, which led to a goal, you know, that, that Kevin De Bruyne run was... On a few times, if you remember, you know, a few times Varane cleared it away. But that time it finds the Gucci man, Grealish. And at that point, I'm like, damn, I I personally didn't see a way back into the game. To be perfectly honest, I know I said I was confident before the game. In the first half, I I felt like I was right. You know, we had very good chances. But at that point, and I'm sure you were feeling the same as well. I mean, you probably didn't see us coming back and winning this game two one, right?
0: Nah, yeah, I definitely didn't. I mean, when you know, as the first half was going on, and you know, just like we predicted, Man United chances after break, I still felt like City were controlling the game as we would have expected. But yeah, when as you said, when that first goal went in from Grealish, I was like, God damn, I just needed one favor from you guys, your one favor from Rashford. And eventually he came up with the goods. And I saw like the the Bruno goal, the offside shot where that was concerned. I saw it at first and I was thinking, alright, he didn't touch it, so he's not involved. But then you pointed out the fact that he was still standing in front of Akanji. So would you argue that that was potentially a a miss a miscall from the ref?
1: Yeah, I mean I mean, it's obviously benefited my team. Right? I mean, that's, that's where the game turned, pretty much. But, I mean, I looked at the law, the letter of the law itself. And I guess by the letter of the law, it's not offside. Because, I mean, first of all, he doesn't touch the ball. But there are ways for him to be called offside, even if he's not touching the ball. And there's, I think there are four criteria. The biggest thing in this case was, if the player is close enough to be interfering with the play. And I guess this is, you know, we, we talked about the, the players and defenders, you know, raising their hand for offside as if that changes anything, right? you got to play to the whistle. And in this case, Akanji mainly, he didn't play to the whistle. You know, he, I mean, he probably knew Ashford was offside. And it's, it's hard to set your mind that way where... I know he's offside, but I'm going to sprint back. I mean, in the dying minutes of the game, too, 80 minutes of the game played. So I could understand it, but I think by the letter of the law, I guess it's not offside. But to me personally, I mean, Rashford is impacting the play. I mean, he's he's dummying the ball, he's doing a, a, almost like a fake shot. You know, just because he doesn't touch the ball doesn't mean he's not offside. Even if he's not interfering, he's impacting. And changing the body positioning of, you know, not only the defenders, but Ederson was way out of the goal.
0: But wow, that's, that's very admirable of you too. to admit that on your end still. But after this win, where does this leave you guys? Title chase? A, a second Don't half of the, the
1: season. Title <laughs> charge is on.
0: Nine points off, you know. That's a lot.
1: Well, head to head, we can bring that down to six points. And if City do us a favor, then, you know, I know I'm not getting, I'm I'm just, I'm half joking, or I should say 95% joking when I say title charges on. We're nowhere near consistent enough to the point where, you know, we'll actually be able to challenge the top team. But, I mean, to, to to get to this point after the start that we had, I gave us no chance really after the Brentford game. I mean 4-0. Not that 4-0 looks looks flattering, kind of. <laughs> I mean, Brentford ain't, ain't, a, in a, ain't a hard sorry. Brentford ain't that easy of a place to go to. Um But yeah, I mean I, I feel good. I, I still don't know if we finish in the top four still. I I mean I hope Rashford is fit for, for Arsenal. Because you know, without Rashford, we're not we're not winning that game again. You know, so
0: yeah, crucial part really in both goals.
1: <laughs> As you
0: said, thanks to the offside. But let's switch things up switch things up here a bit and talk about Theo's side. By the way, today is Theo's birthday, so big up Theo on the birthday. Everybody has to wish him a happy birthday in the comments, you see me. <laughs> <laughs> but nah the this kind of sucks still because it would have been interesting to get Theo's take on this one. 3-0 slapping. That's why he didn't want to come on today.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he, he faked his own birthday to not be able to talk about Liverpool.
0: Jeez, um, peace. I mean, is there a way back for this side? This season?
1: I mean, I, I didn't watch his interview after the game, but as we see in a lot of teams, this can be a blessing in disguise. They're defensively... I I, th- I saw a report they're not going to sign a centre-back because they believe that like should be back in February. I mean, okay, I guess. But, I mean, if this is not the time for panic signing, I, I don't know what is. And they have the time to. They still have two weeks plus to get some players in. They just cannot... Run with this anymore? You know, the high lines are still there. When the midfield is just getting overrun, defensively they're shaky. Matip, he's he was he was great alongside Van Dyke, you know, and Konate as well. But without Van Dyke, I I think they're shaky. They're just probably no. They don't strike me as a leader. Those two center halves, they're individually decent. I mean, Konate is very physical. He's a physical beast. But defensively, we saw that, that Danny Welbeck goal. I know they're 2-0 oh down, but you should not be conceding a goal from a throw-in at that. And do we even mention the midfield? I mean, Henderson just can't get to the ball anymore. Like, is it his age? I mean, perhaps. He's over 30. But is it his just his age, or is it the players being abused, right? I mean, Liverpool were one of the most unchanged sides even though they were playing 50 plus games every season over the past three, four years. And I think it's just taking a toll on the players now. You know, Fabinho has had no competition whatsoever, Fabinho's been poor. There's also some talks about him faking his age. I mean, you look at his face, does he look like whatever his age is? He's claiming his age to be. You know, he there's there's apparently there's some document saying he's a lot older than he actually is on paper. Hey, that's just rumors, yeah. right? But yeah, I, I I mean this is why we gave them no chance to make it into the top four.
0: So looking at things now from a Brighton perspective, they are looking amazing. And what is it with them though now? Because they've you know they've let big players go, Ben White. Kukarela. They've gone and they've still performed. Neil Mope. Now it looks like Trossard has a, a bit of a fallout with the manager. There's rumours of him now leaving. He doesn't want to sign a contract extension. And without him, they still look good. I, I would love to get like a deeper dive on their just how their club is run. And a deeper analysis. What do you think is going on? Like every player that comes out of there is good and and it's not even like they're 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 just performing now for other teams now. It's like Cucarella goes to Chelsea and is not performing as well. Graham Potter goes to Chelsea, is not performing as well. Besuma goes to Tottenham, not performing as well. What is it with the Brighton squad or the Jersey that is just making them play like fucking amazing
1: yeah I mean they're great I don't I'm not going to say I'm an expert on uh, Brighton and how they're operated but you can clearly tell that they're very well run right they they bring in unknown players and I mean that's easier to do at a side like Brighton compared to any of the top six clubs just because I mean these players are not going to get a chance to really get a of games at a top club, whereas Brighton can do that. But they're not just finding unknown players. They're finding hidden gems. You know, McAllister came from Boca Juniors when, I mean, nobody knew he was he was Argentinian. That That's how low-profile, you know, players that we're talking about. Kaissero, he was being linked with us, but he went to Brighton. Uh, Mitoma came out of nowhere from Japan. So when you have a proper system, proper operating structure, organization, I mean, this is what you're seeing now. And the manager, Zerbi, I think that's his name. Or that's how you say his name. Wow. This guy's added an extra dimension to Brighton's game because Brighton not finished for their lives. And now they're scoring three, four for fun, even against the top sides.
0: I mean, that's no, without
1: crazy. yeah, I mean that's without Trostar today as well. So they're their top goal scoring threat so far. That's a
0: clear example of the fact that the collective is better than the individual. Wow, Brighton, I mean shit. Do you think where do you think they can end up this season?
1: To me, they're more impressive than Newcastle, to be honest. Because I mean wow. I've seen I've seen Newcastle play against the big sides away from home. I just hate how they suck the life of the teams. I mean, defensively, they're very organized. And maybe that's just that's just me being a bit new school. I know old school people, they're a fan of the, the collective defensiveness, that tightness. I get it. It's, it's good to see. But I just don't enjoy watching Newcastle. Whereas Brighton, and I have to say, I apologize because I underestimated them when I said Liverpool might sneak by with a win. Brighton are very fun to watch and they're actually producing results now.
0: A player that I mentioned during the match who I've rated for some time now, like I've, I've always thought he was a baller, Stolli March. <laughs> Me and you had a, had a full-fledged argument about whether or not Stolli March could make it at a top six club or could at least contribute. I feel like he's a baller and right as I said that, Man bangs in two goals
1: against Liverpool. A stunner as well. The second one. Shit. Yeah. He needs to, I mean, I mean, we agree that he could probably contribute. But when we say make it, I mean we're talking about the likes of you know Mahrez or Van Dijk, Right? I, I just don't see him at that level. You know. But I don't think we'll ever know because he's he's 28 now. Same with Trossard. They're too old to get that. I mean, maybe they could still get that next move. I think Trossard is looking for that because he's because he's of that age. But I mean, how many years of prime ability are you, do you have now? You know, two, three years, maybe, perhaps. And after 31, 32, you're on the decline.
0: So looking at Chelsea versus Crystal Palace now. Chelsea finally get a win. Graham Potter gets his first win finally in the Premier League. Wow. And Crystal Palace apparently I mean they were they were pressing like they were creating some chances.
1: Yeah, I think I mean this was a very boring match, very dull. Could have gone either way, but being that it's at home for Chelsea, it was always going to be a Chelsea win. 1-0. I mean, they'll take that at this stage of the season. Wins are hard to come by or have been very hard to come by for Chelsea. And they're taking that 100%. Now, this is crazy that I heard during the, the broadcast. They've signed more players ever since the new owner came in. than they've scored in the league. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah, they've scored 22 goals in the league so far. And I think they played 19 games. That's, I mean, that's pretty much one goal a game. And now, back then, when Thomas Tuchel was under the helm, they were very solid defensively, right? So one goal was enough to get by and get results. At least a draw. You know, they were usually not conceding. They were keeping clean sheets left, right, center. You know, they were not... I wouldn't say blowing teams away, but they were getting the wins. Now, they add another attacker to this team. Mikhailo Mudric. He's not a striker that I think Chelsea fans are hoping for. And I have not watched any of these games. Because he's coming for a ridiculous beat from, what is it, the Ukrainian league?
0: Shakhtar, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's just mind-boggling and, I, and he was very heavily linked with Arsenal right and I mean who he, he, he could turn out great right and I think they've spent close to 500 million pounds just this summer alone and I know that'll get spread out over the years because you know they paid in installments and it gets divided into the year of contracts but are they heading in the right direction I, that just doesn't seem right to me. Like, if I were supporting Arsenal for that price, I'm saying thank you very much, Chelsea. we were not going to pay, what, £100 million for an unproven winger. a very young, very promising. But for that price, there is no way in hell I'm paying for that.
0: Right, and that's exactly what happened, right? And this is exactly what Chelsea have been doing for years, just going out, splashing the cash and... It seems like, no, their transfer targets are pretty much just <laughs> copy and paste Arsenal. like whatever Arsenal do, just follow their shit. Because Arsenal have been amazing as far as scouting has gone recently. And it's something that I used to criticize them for a lot. And finally, we've turned that around to that point where I can actually trust what they're doing.
1: But yeah. Chelsea,
0: I don't. I don't I don't think that that's the the right move they're in a rebuilding phase and I think they will eventually overcome this I don't know how long it's going to be for though I do think they're on the decline but Chelsea are the type of team that in in past has always just been such a like an erratic type of team like they're just up one day. And then they're really down another day. Like, they went from champions to 10, back up to again in, into, like, a top four. It's it's crazy. And you could easily see that happening again for them next season. It, that could easily happen. My my prediction is that they're on the decline.
1: I, I wouldn't go that far, to be honest. I mean, unless they get relegated this season, who knows? um. But yeah, you're right. Their highs are very high. Win the league, win the Champions League. But their lows are also very low. You know, under Mourinho and Hitting, they finished tenth. Uh, when Leicester won the league, and it it's looking like it might be a repeat of that this season. I just don't see a way out for Chelsea right now. I mean, their squad is has is comprised of very. Good players who can be very good. But I just... Do they do they all gel together? Do they all play and fit their styles and the system? To be honest, I, I don't know. And I, I was quite impressed with the new centre-back. I, I, I mean, to nobody's surprise, they went out and signed another centre-back. He was very good in the air, better on the ball than Akulibaly. I think... I mean, I'll be concerned about Akulibaly if I were a Chelsea fan. And if I were Bali myself, I'll be very concerned about my my place in the lineup because Bali has not been impressive. I know it's only one game, but Badia shield, I was impressed with him. Uh, crucial winning the header in the dying minutes as well. But yeah, I just it just seems very confusing the way they're headed right now.
0: Right, well, a team in the right direction, Arsenal.
1: Well, that's it, guys. <laughs> We're going to end the show right here.
0: <laughs> bro. Bro. Just admit greatness when you see it, bro. Holy shit. Bro, I will admit as a big fuck-up by Reese for the first goal, but oh, the guard. He is proving his worth with the end product. It's something I've been asking from him. And he's finally going through with that, to send Arsenal eight points clear. What All you have to say about this now, I know you're going to come with some form of excuse as to why Arsenal won, some fuck up that Tottenham did that caused Arsenal to win.
1: Uh, I mean, when I said Tottenham will win, maybe that was just a bit of hopium. I should have known that they had no chance of winning this game. <laughs> I mean, really, from the get-go, I mean, Arsenal were on the front foot, just pinned Tottenham back. I thought, when I first saw the lineup, I mean, Hoiberg came back, and they started Pape Sar, who's very young, inexperienced, unproven. And sometimes these things work out great. right? In a, in a big derby, you put in a youngster, and we've seen a lot of times or I should, maybe not a lot of times but we've seen a few times where these players almost instantly become like a cult hero but this was just not it i mean even a team in form like united going up against city who probably aren't in the best form even they adjusted their tactics and their setup and their formation to have four i mean i, I know bruno was out wide and they switched a lot but essentially, it's, that's four central midfielders in the midfield to not lose that battle in the midfield against City. I just don't get what Conte was thinking when he came out with that lineup. There is no, I mean, just look at look at the numbers. You know, Partey, Shaka, Odegaard. That's three on two. Not don't even talk about the quality. Just to, just look at the quantity itself. We don't even need to go into the details of, of what who occupies which possession. And, you know, the passes and such. Every single time there was one person free. so many times Partey was able to just so free, be able to break the line so easily. And when they get to the final stages, Odegaard, I know in the beginning, he, he didn't really find a space. But throughout the game or throughout the first half, he was finding those spaces and just. That is very naive of Conte. And even if they went with a three-man midfield, I, I don't know if Tottenham have a chance in this game really. So yeah, I mean, Luis has, has a mistake in him per season came today. Um, but I don't I mean, I don't want to take too much away from Arsenal. They had a perfect game, you know, killed the game off in the first half in the second half, almost just managed the game. I mean, I don't think anybody broke sweat really in the second half.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? Because I don't really so much know about the personnel issue as much in terms of making a decision before the match. It's a lot of hindsight, right? I mean, as you said, Tottenham have not been in the best of form. They kind of had to shake things up, especially against a team that is absolutely flying at the moment. And I think it was a tactical match in this one. I think that's what decided it. Arsenal just were, had numbers in areas of the field that it just kept outnumbering Tottenham, and it just caused them havoc. And I think Arsenal were clinical in the moments that that mattered, but it's not like those were the two, only two chances for Arsenal. I mean, party yo! If that went in, bro, when that yo when he slapped that volley, I was like, wow, bro! I had I, I could not contain myself, bro. That was a brass volley and. Fuck, I really wish he scored that, bro. That would have been crazy. But nonetheless, come out with the win. That's all we can ask for. But speaking of party, I feel like he started slow, to be honest. He looked kind of shaky, but he always made up for it. And it, one of the fuck-ups that almost happened, he recovered quickly, got back the ball, sprung Saka in, and that was the goal.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Uh, he he struck that with his shin, right I think I saw it was the bottom of his shin how oh, he God. yeah how he struck it that cleanly with his shin I, I I don't get it because usually when you kick it with a shin it's it's you know going way over the bar or to the sidelines or just miss kicking it. but boy I saw that and I was like, please don't go in well I didn't even have time to think about it because it was a rocket. I saw it after and I was like thank goodness that didn't go in
0: yeah for real that I would get that from your perspective (laughs)
1: because
0: I was (laughs) literally the opposite but yo my man of the match in this one though is a hundred percent you know who
1: I'm gonna say probably Odegaard
0: no you're wrong my man of the match in this one is Aaron Ramsdale, bro. That youth was absolutely phenomenal in this match. The guy made seven saves, bro. And I us another clean sheet for the man away from home. Seven in ten.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he made some great saves um, a few times. Twice from Harry Kane. I think in the first half, Kane had a header that ramps up I think block was his right foot right if I remember correctly but yeah I mean the golf in the class between the two keepers obvious to see today and Loris, pretty much I mean I, okay I'm not gonna say Loris lost in the game because I think ultimately Tottenham would have been broken down by Arsenal
0: So can we do it? Can we win the league? now? eight points clear.
1: I should be asking you.
0: You know I can You know I'm not gonna answer, bro. You're not. You're not gonna get me. I can't jinx this shit, bro.
1: Well, the viewers are listening. The viewers are waiting. The listeners are waiting for your response. They're eagerly yeah, well, they anticipating. May, bro.
0: They can wait till May when it's actually decided. But. That's it. Cutting it right here. Done. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your support. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Apple Music, Spotify. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure to download the episode and share it with a friend. One of your friends that like football, putting in a football group chat. And don't forget to turn on those notifications so you guys don't miss any episodes and you stay up to date.
1: And as well, the link to our Facebook page is in the description and the bio. So go get clicking, join our discussion, like our page, and share our page.
0: Let's get some good football discussion going. And let's get the chat on. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for tuning in as always and peace out.